Hey guys, welcome to the Pop Culture Podcast. This is an emergency pod uh, that we just kind of wanted to discuss uh, some recent events. Uh, my name is Anton, and I am the father to Ginny, six years old, and Ellis, who is almost three and a half. And I'm John. I am father to Malcolm, who is also almost three and a half. So we are recording on a, I guess, Tuesday evening, early Wednesday morning. Um, we just over this past weekend on last Saturday, we had an amazing time uh, at the Pinole Library. Uh, we were invited by Clarice from the Tagalog Project to basically read to some kids uh, Filipino story time. And uh, John hosted a discussion afterwards, uh, and it was great. There was uh, lots of kids. The kids had tons of fun, um, mm -hmm. had a great discussion. Um, actually, a lot of... Uh, Moms were in the discussion. Some of the dads didn't actually yeah. uh, didn't <laughs> really chime in much. But cool folks, though. So the theme of that discussion was, well, the book that we read. Let me let me kind of back up a bit. Uh, the book that we read was called uh, "Tough Guys Have Feelings Too." I can't remember the name of the author though. It's Keith Negley. It's Keith Negley. Uh, by Keith Negley, um, and then the discussion kind of revolved around the emotions, uh, particularly from Filipino dads and how we express them, uh, and it was a really great discussion. So, mm -hmm. obviously, the theme of the book was Tough Guys Have Feelings Too, and as much as it was kind of a lesson to kids about how to express your emotions, sad, sadness, loneliness, pain, fear, all that stuff, uh, mm -hmm. as you said, it was also kind of a reminder to dads themselves, right? Yeah. And the very next day, was the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and some other families, mm -hmm. dads, moms, and kids in that yep. like super terrible helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to, I guess, reflect on kind of what the past few days have been. Yeah. Um, it was pretty rough for me, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, typically when a big celebrity or famous person passes away, there's always that sadness that's like, oh, man, ended too soon mm -hmm. or something like that. But... I think this one was pretty impactful because of the fact that his daughter died with him. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, it, it was uh, it was kind of tough. Like, kind of a tough few days. It made me really reflective about not only what we had been talking about just that day before about emotions and things like that but there's a lot of uh putting your oh i uh, i assume putting yourself in the place of well of people that are experiencing the grief of it but also what might have happened on the helicopter oh yeah absolutely yeah uh before i share where were you when you first heard it or and what were you doing like when you first found out the news so what was i doing uh that was pretty early in the morning yeah i guess i was uh i think well i think that day i was i was going to try and kind of chip away at this uh video project um mm mm-hmm an editing project for a promo and uh i was just kind of you know kind of easing into okay let's kind of get get the app opened up let me just kind of get get settled in and then you know as one does when you're actually doing work on a computer the internet's there and you're just kind of like cruising around and i think i opened twitter mm. and then i'm in a uh i'm in a fantasy basketball league mm-hmm. and the the chat the group chat there is pretty lively usually yeah. lots of jokes um but then i opened it up and then i started to see links to different tweets and everyone was just like wait, what, what's going on? Is this real? Is right. this a hoax? Yeah. All that stuff. So, yeah. And from then it was just kind of like, let me just keep refreshing and figuring out what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And then, so everyone was like posting the same links on that group chat, you know? So that's yeah. kind of where I was. I was just at home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Huh. So I had just walked into Michael's because I was going to go buy some some things for work, some frames. Mm-hmm. But I was uh, with Malcolm by myself because Hung was having brunch with her friends. And so we walked into Michael's and then I checked my phone for some reason. Actually, no, you know what? I got a buzz on my phone, my watch, because I get notifications on my, my watch. Uh-huh. And it said, Kobe Bryant dies in a helico- helicopter crash or something like that. And I read it. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? You yeah. know, like, my gut reaction was like, what the hell? And then the thing is, like, Malcolm's walking around and we were going, whatever. So I kind of just put my phone back in my pocket and didn't really dig into it deeper to see if it was real because it's kind of like that, that initial shock of like wait what you know yeah, for real and it wasn't there's a lot of like you know we we see a lot of deaths from celebrities and 
and other people, but for some reason, well, for me, Kobe, there's, I've had a very kind of up and down, like, you know, strong emotional uh, fandom and not hatred, but like dislike of him. <laughs> well, yeah, well, f- right? for one, he's on the Lakers and we're, we're like, yeah. from the Bay Area and we're Warrior fans. And... Yeah. But I, you know, for him, when he, one, he graduated high school with us. Yes, for sure. Right? And uh, there was some kind of some kind of connect there and then the other thing is i was i used to stand hard for him like his first three four years in the league you know like when a lot of people were hating on him for being a ball hog and doing all these things like when he's a rookie in the second year Mm -hmm. in my light in my very light uh data review <laughs> i was looking at his efficiency in a sense yeah um i was just looking at i don't know it was probably espn at the time espn.com html one um and there was some kind of stat where he was like top 10 in um in field goals made per game but he wasn't in the top 10 in field goals attempted you know so it was one of those things where I would like use as a defense of like, yeah, you want to say Kobe's a ball hog, but he's making he's efficient. more shot. You know, he's efficient. Yeah. You know? So I used to, I was a big Kobe fan at the time. And then, you know, I, I remember those, those first two, three Adidas commercials that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember because per- Adidas commercials. I'll probably Google it later. There was one where he was, well, one of them was kind of famous because he was, he, he did the whole thing in Italian, mm. you know, because in retrospect, I, I think it's, I mean, it's, there's a deeper issue of like, kind of like, um, elitism in it, um, where they're they're trying to paint Kobe as this like oh look at this cultured dude versus uh like Iverson who came out the same year right like, so you know what I mean from the street right yeah Which, same with KG and like that right. that that thug kind of like yep. look and feel and all that right yep yep and now and in, in my lens you know, we talk about <laughs> our different lenses as we've gotten older I I would totally not vibe with that. Um, but back then it was something that, uh, I, that resonated with me, you know, we're, we're, it, it was kind of very similar to like my, my headspace with hip hop, like where, you know, it was underground hip hop, um, skills and lyricism and freestyling. Um, and even though I listened to West coast gangster rap, it was just like, uh, I'd rather listen to underground hip-hop that was all about skills or telling a story rather than like the mainstream hip-hop that was talking about money and cars and stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah and it was very again it was kind of elitist and kind of kind of there's like some class stuff in there but then you know i'm some kid from the suburbs who would you know <laughs> right still learning all that stuff anyway the other 
the other um, commercial that I remember, he might have been talking Italian there too, but there, he was basically waiting in some, some apartment, like waiting for a friend or waiting for a date or something. And all he was doing was just taking a piece of paper, rolling it up and shooting hoops into the bu- the bucket, into the basket or the, the garbage basket. Mm-hmm. And as a black and white commercial, I think, or whatever, or is like really muted or monotone or something. Um, but again, it was kind of like that branding of Kobe as someone who's completely different from the rest of the NBA. Right. And I was totally feeling it to the point where I wanted to get those um, total like astronaut space shoes. Yeah, the uh, Audi TTs. Yeah. Like an Audi TT. Yeah. I forgot what they're called now for Adidas because they renamed them. But, you know, I could have bought them at, you know, remember Copeland Sports? Right. They were on sale for like $45 or something. Um, But anyway, I didn't get them. That could have been my Kobe's, but. Anyway, so then I I was very much a big fan of his, and then, um, yeah. Anyway, hit hit a crossroads, obviously, because of all the Colorado stuff and the and the rape um, situation. And then, you know, I remember afterwards. That's when he kind of went into like. That's when he kind of really adopted the whole Mamba perspective, like the um, right. And I don't know if he used a term back then, but it was kind of like, and you know, we listen to Bill Sims all the time. He kind of referred to it as like he was trying to play his way out of, <laughs> out of guilt, you know, or he was like fighting, he was playing basketball to fight for his life kind of thing. Yeah. And that's when he really started getting super ball hoggy and hero ball-y and all that stuff. Um, and then like his demeanor was whatever. And so there was, that was annoying, but then there's also obviously like, I'm like, dude did this dude rape someone you know and um those kind of things going on yeah yeah uh, so obviously years later yes there's the lakers warriors thing but um it was interesting to see him evolve from his like hyper competitive asshole state to being this kind of like chill kind of statesman for the NBA. Yeah. Um, which again, I still wasn't a big fan of his, but it was still interesting. Oh, the other thing with Kobe that was always interesting to me, like in terms of like my perspective was uh, from, from a basketball perspective. It's like he, yeah, we're warrior fans. So we're going to be irritated with him. He played it kind of like, he always killed us. This was one thing. And then, um, but I remember watching the Olympics once and they, I think they were in the gold medal game. And I think this is the team that, that got assembled after they either, I think they didn't even medal. I think they got bronze or bronze. Like in, I think that one was at 2008, I think. So yeah, 2004, the only reason I remember that was because uh, I was in a fantasy fantasy team, and then I named my I, I named my team LeBron's medalists. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I was so yeah, that's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that whatever that team was next year, you know, they kind of like reassembled and you know actually made some effort in putting together a national team. Yeah. But anyway, it was a gold medal game, and the 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 game was still close, and I'm like here going like freaking get get the ball to Kobe. I'm like whoever was in, just give the ball to Kobe. Right, because I wanted the U.S. to win, because you knew like the dude was gonna do something, right? He yeah. was gonna win it for them. It's kind of like that interesting um, thing where it's like he's hell annoying as a basketball player if you don't if you're not a fan of his because he's he he was hell you know he was annoying he was cocky he was um, He was cocky to his own team, but he was even worse to your to your, to, to opponents' teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, so that that's kind of like a complicated like fandom history with Kobe. But um, yeah, so I I saw the the that notification. I couldn't really dig into it until after until I think we, we were sitting in the car, and actually, oh, we went to this little play area near the store and then Malcolm was playing and that's, that's when I started really like digging in t- and reading more and texting people. And that's when I found out Gianna was part of the, um, the crash too. Yeah. And I was like even worse, you know, like I was shocked and, um, mourning for Kobe himself. But then you put together that, like you're, morning mm-hmm. for a 13 year old girl and you know this is before any other details about any of the other victims mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah and so that 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 was that and then a lot of what i was doing that day was just soaking in other people's reactions like mainly like nba players reactions yeah for, i mean for me i i was also kind of checking to kind of see what news was coming out but i also didn't want to like I was seeing, I think one of the first things I saw was like, um, Neymar scored a goal and then he kind of did like a celebration in honor of Kobe and he must've just found out, right? Like maybe it was halftime or right before yeah. they started playing. Cause they're, he's playing in France or, or wherever. Right. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, it was really tough. Like seeing it's one thing to see like the tweet Mm -hmm. and then the articles started getting published yeah and then the videos of either players or whoever Mm -hmm. um yeah man there's a really good article that i posted on the athletic from marcus thompson yeah uh that was just that that one crushed me really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think if you are a father, it's a really really good article mm-hmm. because you know, not only was he talking about kind of what Kobe meant to him, um, but it's really about fatherhood yeah. actually. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh Yeah, Marcus Thompson was actually, you know, so from the people I was following on twitter because i follow him on twitter yeah 
it was like here and there and you know with twitter's algorithm that's kind of messed up with the, the timeline but he i was getting a lot of like his real life it, like spur of the moment reactions to it right yeah which, which he highlighted in the in that article mm-hmm. being at his daughter's volleyball volleyball game, game where he's like this can't be real what's going on and then dealing with those emotions and then having to step outside to figure out if it's real and and tap into his own emotions and then having to go back in to realize you know i got to support my my daughter in this to the point of seeing her daughter wearing the kobe kobe's his daughter wearing kobe's yeah his daughter wearing kobe's yeah yeah yeah, man, that was that was really rough. And, you know, like that was the whole day. Um, I kept thinking about what his last moments were. I know this sounds hella morbid. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but it was, I was thinking about it all day. You know, like after I heard about that Gianna was on yeah. the flight was like, I was like, dude those last few seconds or however long it was as they know that, you know, it was going down. Like what, what was he thinking? What was Gianna thinking? Like, what was he saying to her? Yeah. Did he, I mean, you know, were were they crying and accepting it or were they screaming or was he holding her and hugging her and, you know, and I yeah. imagine he was doing that, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't want to think about. I didn't. I didn't want to admit to myself that I was thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. right? Like, I was like, this is like too dark. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to. And then when I read Marcus's article, he mentioned it, mm-hmm. and I was like, holy shit! Okay, it made me feel better because, like, okay, someone else was thinking it too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was hella. Yeah. That was that was rough, man. Like, and I don't think it's morbid at all because it's it's the reality of it's the reality, right? It's the reality of the situation. It's the reality of you know. Uh, hopefully, neither of us or anyone that we know or you know most. I mean, people are going to have to go through it because it's going to happen, like these um, tragedies. But hopefully, neither of us and the people that we know have to or that we care about will ever feel the pain of having to go through that. Yeah. But it's a reality of that situation. And yeah, I know. I mean, it's, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, okay, you know, I didn't want to admit that I was thinking. And I also like, didn't want to be thinking about that. Yeah. Right. Because like, you know, because, you know, like just in the same way that Marcus talks about, like oh his daughter's doing stuff like mm-hmm. the kids want to play the kids are just like running around and you know you have to you know like and we were talking about kind of some of these situations at uh filipino store time during the discussion mm-hmm. but it's kind of like you know it, do i want to interrupt like mm-hmm. you know the kids daily lives 
just to say, hey, this is a situation that happened and Mm. I'm a little upset, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I didn't say anything really, you know, obviously I told Tess, I was like, oh man, this is really sad. Yeah. But, you know, I internalized a lot of it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, in quiet moments, I'd like, eyes would get watery as I was like reading a story from someone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. And I think just as kind of these last couple of days when there's only been a few, a certain number of like podcasts that I listen to or, or articles that I read. Cause I'm sure there's, there's probably so many different stories of mm-hmm. and so many good writers who are telling kind of what Kobe meant to them and what, how, how this thing is going to impact them or all that stuff. But like, I, I can't really read it all. Like I, I don't feel comfortable reading it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, did you see uh, this reporter L. Duncan segment from ESPN? I've seen it tweeted out a lot, but I think like with you, I'm kind of, I indulged a lot in the first two days and then kind of have been disconnecting from it other than like listening to yeah, yeah, I hear you. There's, you know, there's two podcasts we, we both probably have listened to, and one of them, Marcus Thompson, is on it, talking a lot about that. I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah. I might, I might check that out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but like that segment was also really, really, really brutal, dude. Like mm-hmm. she was having a tough time keeping it together. Yeah. Uh, but it was really good, dude. Yeah. And, you know, like, a lot of the stuff that really hits me isn't even about, like, his basketball legacy. No. It's really, like, what he was doing as a dad. Yeah. And, like, kind of the advocate he was for, like, being a being a guy... A, a dad who has a daughter and being super proud of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that kind of like falls into a lot of what we were discussing uh, during story time too, about like the stereotypical macho hmm. Filipino dad and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you can imagine, since I have a daughter yep. who... I feel like I'm super close with like just this, just the stories, man. It's, and, and that segment, like yeah. that one, that was pretty, it was really good. I think it's worth a watch when you're ready. Yeah. Okay. What well, the things that were getting me on Sunday when I was watching was, um, I didn't even watch the whole thing, but just watching just a few seconds of Doc Rivers. Oh yeah, I, I I couldn't watch that too. Yeah, I I watched a few seconds of it and that one got me. And the one that uh, I saw, you were the the reference to Jimmy Kimmel. I first saw through something you re- retweeted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the one that got me more was this um, just this short video of Kobe and Gianna playing basketball against each other. Uh-huh. It was a uh, I don't know. Oh, like how he like 
uh, she shoves him off. Yeah, like first he yeah, that was such a gave yeah. her the ball, and then he totally bodied her up, and then she, um, yeah, she el- used the elbow to kind of give space, and then he backed off. Yeah, she used her piv- pivot foot to yep. like shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, like the, I was laughing at that thing because it was like it's so Kobe that he would be doing that, and it's it's great that. Gianna already learned how to do that <laughs> like you know like yeah make space for her so I was like laughing at it and also um and that's the part that was got me also emotional too is the joy that they were having together yeah man um for sure and so yeah the basketball legacy and all the other stuff that's for other people to kind of think like you know there's someone posted and said they should change the logo to Kobe. I'm like, I'm I'm not really there with that, but um he was great and you know I'm not taking anything away from that, but uh I feel like the last five years of his life have had some bigger resonance beyond basketball, right? Yeah, and including basketball because he was doing a lot of mentoring with a lot of the young guys. Yeah, um, and then he and then all this other stuff that no one knew about, including myself, because I didn't pay attention to him. Um, like the stuff that he was doing for women's basketball. Right, right. The his academy. Um, Dude, I have. Uh, I knew some guys who they they basically run like a an agency. And uh, they were hired to take photos and and kind of document um, one of the Mamba Academy things with a bunch of like a bunch of the young younger players mm-hmm. like Jason Tatum. Like I guess he held like a camp or whatever for for them. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty. That's pretty tight. Yeah. And that was like earlier this year, like late in the summer or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but you know, like uh, even tonight, uh, to earlier today, I was listening to Lopo, like Zach Lowe, mm-hmm. and it was like uh, Rachel Nichols, Ramona Shelburne, who have really good relationships with Kobe. Mm-hmm. So hearing them talk about yeah. it, um, that was cool. And then, like, I guess I, I came home late later. Um, because we were out to dinner, but apparently there was NBA on TNT, and I watched like what Shaq mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Oh, that was that was brutal. And talk about like, you know, again calling back to that uh, tough guys have feelings too. Like that dude is hella big, <laughs> you know. He's like, hella big, and he also doesn't really. He's rarely ever serious. You know, yeah. he's really ever serious yeah. outside of throwing shade at people, including Kobe, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, man, it like there was just so much this weekend with regard to emotions that we, I think, we talked about. So there was like, mm-hmm. it was a mm-hmm. lot to like process and just kind of experience man 
It was. It is still. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, there was another. I forget. I think it was the back to back pod where some one of them was just saying one of the interesting things with Kobe is that well he was actually a lot more visible I feel like this past year especially like with LeBron um coming to LA uh-huh. and that's you know that's where you saw him a lot more with Gianna at the basketball games yeah um but anyway this is one of them was saying how as one of the OGs he didn't throw shade at this generation of kids I mean this generation of players you know how like Shaq and Barkley and all the Jordan and Pippen Pippen's not as bad but yeah yeah no, I, yeah there's all these old players that basically are like well if we had those same rules I would have been scoring 75 right, points right. a game where it's like no no you wouldn't have yeah. right um but Kobe's never done that um yeah it's also amazing like how how much he motivates even the current players right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um he doesn't have to do that you know what i mean no. like yeah I saw an interesting post today. Someone uh, retweeted or something uh, from Gilbert Arenas on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. He said basically that Kobe gave him some advice a few years ago where he said, like, dude, you could be using your immense basketball intelligence instead of being an idiot on social media. <laughs> and so he's like, today is going to be my, f- you know, today is my first day of becoming a coach. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, the other, I mean, outside of the emotion piece, that's, I, I was trying to think of like another celebrity death that impacted that had such a big impact um in the twitter age hmm and there was so i thought there was prince but like for me that never that didn't really hit too much because i liked some prince songs but he he wasn't like a cultural like i didn't have a kind of a relationship of fandom with him that i did with kobe again including like being a big fan and also really disliking him and also you know having a lot of mixed feelings about him and his history for you know a big part of his life you yeah know? i think he's the biggest right I, I don't remember i think so i mean <laughs> you know uh, when i think uh, prince died when uh tess was pregnant with ellis mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we were thinking of names, and then I just suggested like, "Dio Prince, Prince Rogers Delfino, let's just do it." <laughs> but like, I kind of, I was kind of, I was kidding because I'm not like a huge Prince fan. Like, yeah, obviously I appreciate what he means to 
music and all that stuff but yeah you know i'm yeah. i'm not an expert at all in any way yeah yeah but that'd be tight though right prince rogers prince yeah. rogers delfino <laughs> sick <laughs> sick um let's see i don't yeah i don't know are there any athletes I, mean, I feel like there was, well, you know, I guess. I mean, there's no one as big as Kobe, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in the set, in the, in the way that he died in, like, this place of, um, at least for him, he seemed to be in, like, this ultimate, like, creative, creative. Right. And yes, exactly. Soulful peace, you know, in his life. I mean, I guess there's. Especially as being a dad. Yeah. I mean, I think that. A lot of the celeb celebrities. Oh, you know who who else was like Bourdain. Oh right, you know right. like when because he was so thoughtful and right. he was like generally an ally. You know for yeah, just being open minded and traveling and getting to yeah. know different cultures and people and so that was something. But at the end of the day, you realize that he was depressed. And, you know, yeah. and yeah. a lot of, a lot of the big celebrities Celebrity. have had, you know, depression. They were, you know, they were unfulfilled. Yeah. But yeah. then I think that's yeah. the, that's another part of Kobe that's really sad was, I think he was just like, I think what he, what he was going to do after basketball might've been as good as the stuff he did during basketball right like yeah yeah well bigger it seemed like you know like yeah man he and it was an interesting for thing for him because it's, it was kind of like he obviously was a basketball player 100 percent through majority of his life until he retired actually until maybe a year or two years before he retired. And then, you know, like, remember, like, his last year in the league, there was so much, like, what's wrong with Kobe? Why is he smiling so much? Yeah. (laughs) People were like, I kind of miss the old Kobe. That was kind of, like, just a a bulldog. And, like, this isn't Mamba. This is some dude. And then that transition to, like, you know, hearing or hearing or reading people who knew him well talking about how he really was at peace, how he really was excited and happy to be a full-time dad. He's going out on his own terms. Yeah. 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 Oh, someone, my my friend was um, telling me that he visited her old church um, from college and there was some kind of visioning session there. And then the pastor told her or somehow she found out that Kobe said that his um, only non-negotiable is that he has to um, arrive at a certain time and leave at a certain time to pick up his kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which from another person I know who had some interaction with Gianna and Natalia. Mm-hmm. She didn't see Kobe often, but when she did, 
she could tell that, you know, that they had connection, you know, like the, the daughters and he was good with staff and stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you should be like that as a human being, but you know, that's people aren't always that way. Yeah, right? for sure. Particularly there's also, if like you're, you're that level famous. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, pretty sad, man. Pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Beginning of, beginning of the year too. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty twenty, dude. Like, it might be crazy. Particularly with the election coming later. <laughs> I mean, with everything, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, coronavirus. I know. I'm boycotting that beer. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding novels because of that virus. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, well, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, uh, do you have any other thoughts or reactions or anything? No, this is pretty much, this is pretty much it. I've been trying to like. Um, think about how to because I still have mixed I mean there's still mixed reaction to Kobe as a person but then I'm still deeply in mourning <laughs> of him and also his daughter um, which is weird because I typically don't give a crap about I mean you know as a human you care about them but I don't really care so much about celebrity deaths you know what i mean yeah for sure for sure Um, i mean i'm actually it feels weird that we had to have a podcast about this yeah yeah (laughs) well and i could tell that you were you were going through some feelings and i thought it'd be cool to check in about it well on, on a podcast but yeah but even even that though it's like I mean, there was there was a part of me that was like really resistant to having feelings about this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. But like, yeah. it's like, yeah, but we just had that, we just had that story time. We had this discussion. <laughs> it's like, okay, I should just probably just give into it <laughs> and like not resist, yeah. you know. And like, yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, again, I think. Obviously, you don't have to have a daughter to be impacted by this, but because I do, mm-hmm. you know, it it just yeah. hits home yeah. too yeah. too close to home, man. It's just like, yeah. and he's again, he's you mentioned earlier, like he's our age, dude. Yeah, you know, so yeah. fuck. Oh, uh, I mean, I know we passed the morbid part, but you know, I forgot that I wanted to say that. Um, there was a I didn't process that whole kind of scenario in the helicopter until after a while because it's not like my first gut reaction to think about that stuff yeah and then once I realized I'm like oh crap what a what what must have he been thinking and then I turned on Twitter and that, that was the first tweet I saw this is before I saw anything from Marcus you know yeah um but but the thing is, 
when as I was flying on four different flights earlier in the week, mm-hmm. I'm thinking if any of these planes goes down, I'm just thinking about like what that, I just imagine, I'm just imagining like Malcolm being that he's only three and a half at some point he's just going to forget about me. Right. Yeah. Like, cause you know, like you have, um, we have like strong memories, but you know, I don't remember anything from three and a half. Right. Other than pictures. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing, but also, you know, we, we just came, you know, in the last episode, we just came back from some really long flights. We had one, two, three, four, five legs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and I had those thinkings too, like, you know, if like this plane goes down, what are the conversations that we're going to be having with each other, but also with, with Malcolm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I don't, it's, it's not so much morbid. I think it's just the reality of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I don't want that to happen. I don't like feel thinking about it, but then it's kind of like, um, I, I, it was just, I maybe ironically or whatever. I just, I had been thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and I was in, in different, in, in different kind of scenarios, but like being in something like that. It's not going to prevent me from being on a plane. It's not going to prevent me from riding a bike or getting in a car. But, you know. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, sometimes I'm not even on a plane and I think about that stuff. Like, that Mm -hmm. stuff just kind of pops into my head for no reason. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, why am I thinking about this? Yeah. You know, like, you know, let me just put on a podcast or something like it, it usually <laughs> happens when I'm in the car driving or something. And I'm like, yeah. why did this pop into my head? But you know, like real talk, we're getting older mm-hmm. and you yeah. know, that's, I think that's just, just comes with, with age and just like, yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, did you notice like with Jenny that you were, any shift in your kind of like your callbacks or your imagination of certain situations, like being much more keenly aware of life and death. You mean, do you mean with Ginny? Like say that again? Like, so when you, when you first, you know, when, when, uh, when Ginny was born and, you know, going through being a first time parent and, you know, all the adjustments in, you know, you, you think new things, yeah, right? Yeah, and you think, yeah. were you keenly more conscious of life and death? Um, being I a parent? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause I have, um, I, I feel like I've been much more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's maybe I'm watching a movie where father loses his, kid or something or a parent loses their their kid somehow or something gets hurt or you know so, stuff like that it's just like this is you know like 10 years ago i would have been i would have been like oh that's pretty sad mm-hmm. but now i'm just kind of internalizing it more yeah you know it yeah yeah and especially with how dependent these kids are on 
art, you know, on their parents for so many years, right? Like, mm-hmm. like my job is to keep them alive for, yeah, you know, for all the all the time. Like, especially when they're kids, you know. So, of course, like, what if I'm not here to keep them alive or whatever, right? Like, right. Right. Yeah. So certainly, but I think that probably happens when, when you know, you're supposed to take care of someone. I probably felt that way a little bit. Like when I had a, when we got our dogs, like, Oh, if I'm not here, who's going to feed them? Who's going to walk them? Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're just going to be like waiting for us at the door yeah. forever. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's it's true. That's really sad. And then, you know, and then a real human comes along. And you're like, holy shit, this is real. Like, <laughs> really, really, really real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the dogs are the children, too, so. For sure. The They're like the older sisters, grump, grumpy older sisters. <laughs> Well, one of them's just the grumpy older sister. Yeah. The other one's just chill. Yeah, man. It was uh it was good to chat. You know, I'll probably be reading some more stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like I'll take it in uh I'll, I'll ration kind of my uh Kobe coverage over the next few days. Um you know, it's been crazy is like this has taken away all the anxiety from like the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh shit, that's right. There's a game on Sunday. Yep. Uh cool. So thanks everybody for just kind of listening in with us. Um again to just reiterate what we kind of talked about. Uh, during Filipino story time, it's okay to have to be all in your feelings. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I cer- I certainly have been. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so hopefully we'll catch you next time uh, with a much brighter topic. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll have a little celebration for the Forty ers being Super Bowl champions. Maybe. Maybe. But if not, you know, it's all good. Anyhow, uh, on behalf of John, this is Anton. Uh, Thanks again for listening to Pop Culture Podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media at Pop Culture Pod. And peace out, guys.